Listeners, thanks for coming back to another episode of Real True Facts, the Real True Podcast. My name is Amy Sedaris. And I am Donald Wahlberg. Donald Wahlberg, what's going on? Um, I'm pretty excited because this is one of the topics that we're covering that uh, I don't already have much familiarity with going into it. So I'm I'm excited to learn a lot of new things. Um, And I, I would say it's possibly the same for some of our listeners out there. They may not be as familiar with lizard people as um, maybe, you know, ghosts or shadow people or um, ancient Egypt or uh, birds. Right. Uh, And I'm actually really giddy today because one of our favorite guests is coming back today to talk about our main topic of lizard people, a.k.a. reptilian humanoids. Okay, that's yeah, I'm I'm with you there. That that's one thing to call them. Yeah, that is one thing. Um, but uh, we will be having one of our really good, uh, real true facts BFFs today. Uh, Dr. Lauren J will be coming back later. Uh, she is the acclaimed Egyptologist that we spoke to about the mysteries of Egypt, um, and among other things, she's she's got multiple degrees that we'll review later. But she'll be joining us later in the show, and uh, we're excited to hear about her latest excavation and how it actually pertains to our topic. Right. So before we get into this, uh, Amy, what what do you know about lizard people or um, reptilian humanoids? My knowledge is very basic. Um, I know that they have been in and out of history for eons. I want to say they started Back in ancient Egypt, I know that there are um, uh, pyramid drawings of uh, a creature that had a uh, crocodile head. So in the same way that we had like humanoids with cat heads or um, um, like a bird head that um, crocodiles or lizards, those were represented as well. So I know that those are the maybe first historical depictions, but... um, My mythology is actually more current than that. The only thing I really know is that there were accounts in the 30s of uh, lizard people living in the catacombs under Los Angeles. It's actually like a big Los Angeles uh, myth story uh, that these reptilian creatures, these these, um, lizard people, had really detailed catacombs or maps underneath the city where they actually um, hoarded a ton of gold. Gold? Yeah. Like ducats or bars or doubloons? What? Uh, I think they were tablets. There there may have been some kind of coin, but I think tablets was sort of the widely accepted. Yeah, gold? Tablets of gold. Interesting. Uh, I've never, I've heard of bars and uh, ducats and sticks and uh, ingots, but never tablets. That's interesting. Almost as if they would write on them for something. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Uh, Maybe they had stuff written on them. Maybe it was, um, you know, any sort of rules that they may have had for their, um, for their kind. But I I know that they're supposed to be highly intelligent. Mm, Um, Yeah. And uh, I've, I've seen snippets of of the maps of the catacombs and so based on how these things were put together i would say a very intelligent creature did this so um yeah that's that's what i know is that the myth is that they are living under the catacombs of los angeles where they have um caverns of gold under the city so interesting yeah so as far as my um my understanding all i i've heard of the underground thing uh that they may live in Un, you know, in uh, underground tunnels or the deep into the earth. Um, but I'm really curious. You know, I've heard they may be aliens. They may be interdimensional beings. Mm-hmm. They may be, you know, just, um, you know, just a, a, another race that's been posing as humans, has been around as long as humans. Yeah, so, um, shapeshifters. That's also something mm-hmm. that they are. They might take on the uh, shape of of uh, world leaders or people of high power in order to uh, kind of infiltrate another society. So they've, they've been um, 
studied in that way for a very long time. No one knows for sure exactly what they want or what they're here for. So maybe we can figure that out later today, too. Yeah, I've, that's one thing that I've, I've heard is that they've infiltrated societies at the highest level. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they may be politicians. Uh, for some reason, lizard people and politicians seem to go hand in hand. Yeah, that feeds into our secret societies as well. Um, you know, maybe lizard people have something to do with that, too. Right. So first, why don't we get our science foundation from Dr. Seymour? Uh, can we bring him up from yes. the science bunker? Let's get him in from uh, the science bunker. Pack him in there. Oh. Hello. Hello, Hi. Donald and Amy. Hello, Dr. Seymour. So, Doctor, thanks for being with us this week. Um, I know it's. Uh, I know you're wrapped up in a lot of busy things at the moment. Um, since our last episode, we were talking about cloning. I've been told you started some interesting cloning experiments of your own that have been taking up a lot of your time. Yeah, we've the lab has been a buzz with um, cloning of all sort. A buzz is a, a great phrase right now because one of our first attempts is to to clone bees. Oh, great. Um, oh, so if, if you hear any of that going on in the background, I apologize in advance. But okay. um, there are not as many bees as we like. We know that bees play a vital role um, on Earth because um, it's very important that young children get stung and kind of uh, learn their place. So mm-hmm. we're trying to, to get more bees out there to be able to do that. Interesting. Mm, that's so brave. So, yeah, I, and I, yeah, it's, it needs to be done. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're working on animals there, and we're, we're talking about a, a different kind of animal this week. Uh, lizard people. Um, I don't, I mean, I guess it would technically be an animal, or um, what can you tell us about lizards or people or the combination of the two? Yeah, so um, you're correct. Animals in both cases. We humans okay. don't like to consider ourselves animals, but we're still in the animal kingdom. Sure. All um, right. Lizards as well. But if you kind of remember your King Philip did all of that stuff, all, all the different classifications we use, phylum, class, order, genus, species, um, lizards break off from humans almost immediately there. We're in two different phylums. So um, the to think oh, maybe maybe a lizard, a really attractive lizard and a kind of ugly human, you know, that they shared some DNA there, if you will. Um, that's pretty unlikely. So they're totally different animals here. So the way that we've arrived at the possibility, and I, and I understand the likelihood of lizard people, is um, definitely a scientific um, anomaly. And there's a couple different theories out there about that. Now, I know from my brief work with reptiles that they're cold-blooded. Humans are warm-blooded. Warm-blooded mammals uh, give live birth and reptiles uh, lay eggs. However, there are some reptiles that give live birth. Um, I'm thinking specifically of... um, the uh, red-tailed boa constrictor actually gives a live birth. Is that sort of a a crossover that we see of of maybe um, reptiles being able to uh, evolve and and become like a mammal? Or or am I just, I'm far off? No, that's a a great example. There's a few um, reptiles that do that. There are also some Sharks. Sharks are fish. Sharks are not like dolphins and whales. Fish. Now that's an animal as well. Is that correct? It, it, it is an animal. Correct. Okay. Very good. Okay. Still on animals. Um, and, and and all fish lay eggs, but some sharks also um, would do a live birth. And one wow. of the things there that we've kind of seen the evolution with lizards happen over time is um, rather with the live birth is that they still lay an egg, but it is laid internally. So it, it looks like a live birth. Mm-hmm. So that's one way through their evolution where they've replicated um, an animal around them. Uh, and reptiles are probably most famous for their ability to replicate um, others when we think about chameleons. Mm-hmm. But there are countless examples of reptiles, um, different species and different times in history where they were... Um, kind of evolving or adapting in very short periods of time to to replicate um, their surroundings or other animals. 
Sure. So uh, then, I mean, humans have eggs inside of them, right? So it's not too different. You know, maybe one of the biggest differences is that, uh, you know, the, the lizards or reptiles get those eggs out and then do the whole birth thing. Whereas we keep the eggs inside, you know, have the birth thing and then spit it out, you know, after the fact. Cause we, but we still use eggs though, right? They're just inside. Exactly. Yes. So the eggs kind of make the world go round um, or oval in the case of like chicken eggs. Um, mm -hmm. But it's all about inside, outside. And we really, uh, we really um, distinguish and kind of look down on some of those species that, that can't keep it to themselves, can't keep it inside. Right. So, Have, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, 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 thank you. Uh, so in terms of a uh, reptilian humanoid, what is the likelihood of it actually being evolution versus something that was genetically modified? Um, the, the possibility of it being human is remote, but not impossible because um, reptiles have been on Earth far longer than mammals. So they've had far more time to evolve. They have evolved to nearly every climate. They have evolved in ways to... Um, to sustain themselves, to to hide from predators, to become predators. So it's definitely um, not impossible or not even improbable that over time, a reptile with the millions and millions of years that they've had would be able to evolve far more than what we would say like a primate evolved from, you know, monkey to man. So yeah. in all of your scientific findings and experiments, have you ever seen um, a human lay an egg? I have not. Okay. Um, I, I just I, I, yeah. I was curious uh, because it seems like that may, you know, maybe if you ran across that, that could have been a lizard person and we didn't even know it. So we're not there yet. We know we're not there yet from an evolution standpoint that humans are unable to, to do that. Right. We... We, we've tried, um, both for scientific purposes, for um, even in some cloning experiments that it's been looked at, but it, it just doesn't um, connect with our warm-blooded nature. So back to that, warm-blooded versus cold-blooded, my brain just has a hard time grabbing Does that mean that if you opened up a lizard that, and felt the blood, it would be a lower temperature? Is that actually what it means? That's... Probably one of the um, the worst phrases that we, we have come up with, warm blood, cold blood, because it's really that uh, warm blooded, if you will, we're able to maintain a certain body temperature. So all things that are warm blooded may not be hot blooded, might not be the 98.6 that you and I are, but they have a certain uh, body temperature range and they maintain that. Internal body temperature. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, now, are, are you saying warm-blooded or worm-blooded? Ooh, warm with an oh, A. Oh, okay. okay. No, that's something I think happens in smaller animals like um, like rabbits and dogs, right? Worm-blooded. Yep. They definitely oh, get the okay. worms, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's easy to, I, I have that I wasn't problem. sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah, it doesn't, never hurts to ask. That's how we learn this stuff. And so <laughs> Uh, a cold-blooded uh, cold, uh, that means their internal body temperature is lower or it just moves all over the place. So if I opened one up, it might be icy inside or open up another one, it could be toasty. How does that work? Tell you what, um, you nailed it right there. Go ahead and apply for your um, PhD in herpetology because you understand cold-blooded. Wow. Oh. Uh, see, we just work it out. That's what the show is all about. I, at the, you know, when we yeah. started the conversation, I had no clue. And, you know, five or 10 minutes later, um, I'm ready for the test, yeah, the big uh, PhD test. Yeah, you just, uh, you got to use those context clues. It's like you can kind of fill in the blanks once you know a few things. It's sure. not, uh, it's just, it's like the, the laws of nature. It's not super hard. You know, like we know that evolution ensures the survival of a species obviously these lizard people have evolved from something and they've adapted to their environment uh because they have been alive for so long 
So. Yeah. So uh, that's this is all really interesting, and now I feel like uh, at least I have a, a better grasp on things, and I'm hoping our, our listeners do too. Um, why don't we take a quick break, and we will be back with uh, this week's guest. How does that sound? That sounds great. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're back from a quick break here on Real True Facts today. We're talking all about lizard people. Uh, now, we're going to have to go ahead and close up the science bunker because we don't want any of these uh, bee clones to get out. So we're going to go ahead and close that. Dr. Seymour uh, had to uh, go back down into the bunker to yeah. uh, work more. In the name of science, yeah. right. Yeah, we wouldn't want uh, to uh, contaminate yeah. that experiment. Who are we to stand in the way of progress? So joining us today, like we said earlier, uh, is Dr. Lauren Jay. We had her on the show a few episodes ago. Um, she talked all about the mysteries of Egypt and what she was working on there. But uh, she is an acclaimed archaeologist with an emphasis on ancient Egypt, among other things, is a Fulbright scholar. She has a wide range of degrees from MIT, the University of Cambridge, Harvard, Penn State, Le Cordon Bleu, and most recently, she attained her zoology degree from Georgia Tech Online with an emphasis in herpetology. So she is the perfect person to discuss lizard people with us today. Let's welcome her back to the show, Dr. Lauren J. Oh, thank you guys for having me again on uh, Amy and Donald. Yes. It's great to have you back. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, we we surely enjoy talking to you, but uh, we've heard uh, some really interesting things you've been working on when it comes to a lizard people uh, that you might be able to share with us. Uh, so that's, you know, uh, one of the reasons we, we, we just said, oh, we have to bring yeah. her back um, to talk about this. Now, I've heard, uh, you'll have to tell me if this is true, that you, uh, in one of your digs, actually found something related to lizard people? Yeah, yes, um, you are correct in your thinking. Um, we actually excavated a, um, what it appears to be, as you, you guys know, I'm actually currently stuck in Cairo, on the edge of Cairo, uh, due to, um, due to uh, you know, Due to all the conflicts that I've been having on my studies about aliens, um, and so I, I've been excavating. That's pretty much all I've been doing um, since I've been stuck here. And I stumbled upon a—I'm um, going to just come out and say it—a uh, teenage uh, lizard person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. How? I have to ask. How did you know it was a teenage lizard person versus? A baby or adult? Um, typically, so a lot of lizards, they are missing their pre uh, prefrontal cortex. Um, so that's that includes like decision making, and the decision making. So is, sorry, is that the brain or is that? Oh yes, yeah, sorry, what is that? Um, that is actually the brain. So prefrontal pref- cortex. Okay, prefrontal brain, cortex. Then. So okay. uh, typically, lizards like not lizard people, but just lizards don't have it. Uh, lizards, as you guys have talked about, um, they've actually, they've developed more over time. And, um, well, I knew it was a teenager, honestly, cause I asked it. Oh, oh, wait, you're saying this was a lie? Uh, yeah. Okay. This just got uh, a lot more interesting. So, okay. Well, and they live under. So I guess that confirms that myth, right? That they live underground oh. because that you uncovered oh, um, one, correct? Yes, yes. We were digging, and it just turns out he got a little lost. Yeah. Wow. So this wasn't remains. You ended up digging, perhaps down into one of the tunnels. Yeah, I. That they're. Okay. I've been having honestly. I've been having a lot of uh, spare time, so I've just been digging, 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 digging. I digged my way through, and um, yeah, I found a a, a, a teenager. Mm-hmm. So, wow! Did you conduct interviews? How long ago was this? How far along are you in the process? Uh, honestly, I I only kept him there for about thirty minutes. He was a little scared. Uh, I let him borrow my cell phone, and then uh, he just left. He like left after the thirty minute talk. Like I was just like, "Are you okay?" how are you down here? He was like, I'm a lizard person. 
I really wasn't freaked out because I've prepped for moments of, of these, you know, because I've always believed in lizard people. So uh, seeing one, it took me off guard. I was surprised, but it's almost like, you know, when you see someone on TV that, you know, but you don't know them, like you don't know them in real life. And so you kind of are like, hey, hi. And then you realize that it's actually you don't know that person there. They were just on. Exactly. They were just on an episode of The Office. Sure. Right. Awkward at first, but then you get. So visually speaking, what was the ratio of human to lizard? Um, I would say it was 20 percent lizard um, and then. 75% 75% human. I mean, we, we don't really know. Um, yeah, I don't know what the what bottom half look like. Yeah. yeah I mean, what they look like, I mean, we based on the accounts from the research I've done, you know, you, you have, um, you know, ancient Egyptian deities uh, going back that have the head of a crocodile, but the body of a person, and then the lizard people in uh you know the catacombs of la they are supposed to look more lizard than human maybe walking upright Mm. and then we've got uh the the um, humanoid reptiles that are technically shapeshifters they look more human than anything maybe their eyes are a little bit reptilian so as far as seeing one in real life we're not sure at least and up from my standpoint uh, what the ratio is yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know a hundred percent about all the different ratios, um, but what I can say is that they are out there; they do exist. Um, I've seen one now with my own eyes. Uh, I, I will say, as far as ratios go, I also believe that, um, as Doctor Seymour was talking about earlier about them being cold-blooded, warm-blooded, uh, I think it also, depending on how you look, depends on. Um, the area that you reside in, right? Because they are, as previously established, warm-blooded, um, cold-blooded, and because they are, um, because of how blooded they are, uh, they rely on weather. So hot, warm weather is ideal. Um, this is why you don't see a lot of, because um, they. this is why you don't see a lot of lizard people in the Arctic, um, they just wouldn't survive there. Sure. Um, but pretty much anywhere, like, that's why I was really shocked to see one in Egypt, just because it's so hot. Um, but it does make sense. I mean, it makes sense. It sounds like he just was trying to get away from his parents. Yeah. Typical teenage stuff. Yeah. Wow. So you had about 30 minutes. What was there one big takeaway from this? Um, you know, that did he seem said he seemed dehydrated so i guess that would have meant he was exhausted but you know was he was he friendly overall did it seem like uh, he was ready to declare war on the He's, human race honestly or, he uh, was he he was super sweet uh he had very good social skills um i talked briefly with his his reptile parents actually as well um they were in los angeles um oh. And they were very freaked out that he was, he didn't tell anybody that he was going to Egypt. Um, He just kind of went. Um, Again, not the best decision-making skills of the uh, lizard people youth. So you talked to them on the phone? Yeah, uh, FaceTime. So, yeah, because uh, in my brain, I'm thinking like I'm still stuck in this mode of like Bigfoot, you know, reclusive and, you know, not non uh, not necessarily communicative, whereas lizard people uh, could be from a distance un, uh, uh, un- indistinguishable from from a normal human. So my brain is just having a hard time reconciling that fact um, that they just live among yeah, us. Yeah. Um- it's. I think it's. It's a majority of them choose to live underneath the ground, but there are a few like you guys were theorizing that are in um, politics and are in. Um, I want to respect their privacy, but the parents of these people were very famous celebrities that you may have heard of. 
Okay, so we have like a shapeshifter situation on our hands then? A little bit, yes. Okay. We, I mean, they definitely have the ability to shapeshift for sure. So what were you working on that brought you down to the level of these tunnels? Because I imagine they're really far down. Um, Was it like a, a mining uh, ex- excavation or... Yeah, honestly, I was trying to, well, we talked last time about the cat people. Um, So I was trying to excavate. Honestly, I was trying, we had found what we believed to be a pharaoh's tomb. And we had digged, digged, digged. And then I kind of started feeling some tunnels and I got very excited. I thought that we could find like gold or silver or, um, you know, some jewelry, um, something maybe to help me leverage and leave Egypt, Cairo. And then when I was digging and digging and digging um, and going through going through more tunnels, more tunnels, more tunnels, I, I ran into this uh, young gentleman. Okay. So uh, he, he used your cell phone to call his parents in, in LA and then did he, and then he walked off or did he go back down then he just honestly he just like changed right in front of me really okay okay so that's all right now we're starting to put the pieces together so it sounds okay so they're very comfortable on earth um was there a sense that they that he that he or they might be from a a different dimension um, you know, as an interdimensional being, or was the, or did you feel like the change was purely yeah, physical? It seems kind of alien to me. Honestly, um, it felt, it almost felt like, you know, Dr. Seymour was talking about chameleons. Mm-hmm. It felt like mm-hmm. that, like it wasn't like his face changed. It was more like the coloration of it changed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the turf. Yeah. So it went more. It was almost like it. It didn't seem like when I got closer to his face, it didn't seem like his nostrils changed. It, t- it seemed like the shading of it changed. Sure. Interesting. So did he? And he. So it sounds like he he spoke yeah. English then. Okay. And did you guys talk about the the current events uh, about the the state of affairs of the world or anything like um, that? Again, because of the, the, we, we basically, I said, oh, hey, what are you doing here? And then he said, um, I, he was like, oh, I'm just chilling. And then I asked him, um, we were trying to, I was trying to reach out to him. I don't really know much about teenagers. So I was like, hey, are Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber a, um, do you like them? And he said he does. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. And that was that was pretty much and then we kind of were talking about sneakers for a bit just to yeah. calm him down because I noticed he had some nice sneakers. And um mm. yeah. So you it sounds like you connected with him on a human yeah, level. Yeah, I mean they're very again, very personable, very friendly. Uh I think they're not the best decision makers, honestly. Um, again, because of their prefrontal cortex. So just sort of like, you know, like risk takers or adventure seekers, there's more of like a impulsive kind of thing rather than a cautious. Yeah, they're very, they're very much go with the flow. Like, I would almost say that like the connection was a little bit forced from him. You know, like it seemed like everything that I asked him, he was just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So it's hard. It's difficult to to possibly say whether some reactions were due to him being a lizard person or due to him being a teenager. Um, you know, because teenagers are so difficult to uh, to relate to or to communicate with. You know, it, it might be difficult to it makes the, the the whole conversation a little more yeah. murky as far as what. Oh, well, he was upset because lizard people are upset, or he was upset just because he was a, mm-hmm. a teenager. It sounds like you just met like a really cool guy, like could be an influencer or, you know, like, yeah, I, 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 
know, club promoter. I mean, I think that's also why um, blizzards seem to blend in well to society because they really aren't starting any trouble. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like very cool guy. Yeah. Just humans who happen to also be Mm -hmm. lizards. And, you know, a lot of times, too, they live underground because they don't have to pay rent. Yeah. That, especially with a teenager, I can see the benefits there. So, um, wow. Yeah, it's so interesting. My bra- again, my brain thinks, oh, well, these this is some weird, strange thing. But they live among us, and they're just like us, except for the, the, the whole lizard part. Um, so maybe we can get into uh, more of their societal, societal ties and things like that. Um, after after a short break, maybe I can wrap my brain around this a little bit better. Yeah, that sounds good. We're back from a short break here on Real True Facts, speaking with Dr. Lauren J. about lizard people. And uh, as their name would suggest, they're people who also happen to be part lizard. Uh, I have heard lizard people referred to as a super race just because they are so intellectually and technologically advanced. Um, and and their use of tunnels under the ground, are, they're able to build these huge chambers. Um, but I think, if I'm looking at maps correctly, because there was a map that I was able to pull up, uh, it was large enough to accommodate about a thousand families that lived off of uh, the food and water that they had uh, stored there. So they've been, you know, able to live off these areas for a really long time. And then in Los Angeles, there's also the uh, theory that those caverns hold uh, gold tablets. Uh, so I know we want to talk about, you know, maybe why lizard people are here, but using your um, vast knowledge and, and degrees that you have, um, I want to ask, you know, what, what have we seen throughout time that would uh, um, I guess indicate that they've been here for a long time because you know we look at ancient Egypt we know that those deities existed and I know that's um, you know your background but you know are there connections to um, aliens since they're so technologically advanced what, what are your thoughts on that um yeah I I do you know looking at some of I think I Personally, after studying um, on Georgia Tech Online zoology, I kind of had to look back and look at some of the tunnels uh, that I had previously thought back when I was just an Egyptologist, thinking, you know, um, are these tunnels made by just aliens, right? And then I looked Mm and see, you know, after running into this lizard person in Egypt, which to me, I had only heard about them in Los Angeles. So it really changed my perception. I had to kind of go back and kind of do some research, look back at um, some shots that we had done of different um, holes. And I started to see that I think that there actually was collaboration because I could see scratch marks like on the, like on the, the roof of the cave, you get what I'm saying? Like, on the edge and it's just like the detailing of how the scratch marks were it wasn't like consistent like it didn't look like a tool it looked almost like paw prints or like lizard prints so claws had been used to make these caves. exactly Sounds like some very revealing holes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like, and you can also look at, like, the diameter of the claws, and then it's interesting because you can just see, actually, like, when we're looking at the floor and looking at certain things, we could actually see claw prints um, Mm -hmm. on, you know, some of the, some of, on some of the, uh, the sculptures and the pyramids, you could actually see more. And previously, I had just, kind of thrown that idea away and I had thought oh you know this is just damage done and then after seeing the lizard uh, teenager there then I realized oh wow I think the two are related yeah because we know that aliens had a hand in building the pyramids you've talked at length about that um, so you know it would stand a reason that that 
these two species, uh, you know, have partnered in the past that if the aliens took care of um, the structures on top, that the lizard people or even these divine like lizard aliens might be the ones in charge of building the infrastructure below. And I kind of almost theorized, too, that like if in the partnership of the aliens and lizard people, if they did not, I part of me is also thinking that maybe there was bad blood that happened in Egypt um, because we don't really hear much after a certain point. There stops being claw marks um, in some of the newer sculptures. And I wonder if it's because uh, the lizard people, as you were saying, I have heard uh, rumors of there being gold in Los Angeles. And I wonder if a lot of the treasures, because we've heard about uh, archaeologists, pyramids. Uh, we've heard about pyramids that have uh, been looted and been taken, like, you know, stuff been taken. And I often wonder, maybe it was the, the lizard people that were taking the gold and uh, taking a bunch of stuff and bringing that with them to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yes, because, uh, I mean, so many pyramids and tombs have been looted, but where mm-hmm. is that stuff? You know, it's not really showing up much. So maybe the you know, lizard people have kind of uh, kept it to themselves um, and not shared it with, with us humans yeah. much. I mean, maybe they took that gold and, and helped build the city of Los Angeles, um, you know, in order for, for them to have like a really great place to live if they're very smart and, and savvy. Um, I mean, you said that uh, the uh, the teenagers' parents were actually well-known celebrities. So, I mean, that might be the form that they've taken yeah. over the years is just, you know, prominent members of, of our society, especially in Hollywood. No, for sure. Um one good thing I will say about lizard people is uh, what people don't know, and I can appreciate this uh, because, again, I am a chef, um, is there are yeah. very good at um, planting stuff that can only be grown in the dark, like white asparagus, sprouts, and mm-hmm. um, and mushrooms. Sure. So, um, you know, I... I have heard, you know, when I was talking to the parents, they were saying that they would send me um, some white asparagus for a dish that I'm working on. Uh, oh, that's so Yeah, because nice. I am putting together a new book. <gasps> oh. oh, really? Is there a theme uh, yes, for this book? It's, it's, about, um, it's about all the zoo animals, and it's, it's going to be called Eat Like a Zoo Animal. Wow. I've always wanted uh, more recipes. Yeah. Like zoo-themed recipes. Designed more recipes for me that were designed around zoo. Exactly. So we've got like, like I've got like um, uh, a bamboo shoot um, panda dish. Okay. So we're we're taking the the diets of various animals and making them uh, into recipes. Like so. giraffes. Like you want to be, you know, giraffes looking at how um, a lot of the calories they burn is, you know, because they're also walking to their food destinations. Like, can yeah. we create that? You get what I'm saying? And yeah. um, I really like that the lizard people understand the quality that needs to be, They they're very, you know, their diet, when you look at what they're eating, they're eating a lot of um, a lot of crickets, a lot of cockroaches, a lot of ants, a lot of mice. Yeah, so it's a very high-protein diet. Yeah. And I, I know there's a lot of fad diets that come out of Los Angeles. I know that, like, a very, like, protein-focused diet has sort of been very popular right now i mean we could say that the lizard people are kind of trendsetters with this mm-hmm. you know because we know veganism is very popular so if they're eating a lot of like root vegetables and mushrooms and things that that can grow in certain areas you know that that might be influencing that i know smoothies were really popular at one point so if they're taking all these nutrients and blending them together like you know it, it now that we're talking about that, being able to see the trends, it's like, okay, because you wonder, like, who comes up with these things? Like, where, who is saying that I need to eat 
ancient grains. Like who said I had to do that? But suddenly I just really want to do it. It's like, well, they've kind of ingrained themselves within culture and, you know, looking at social media and influencing and things like that. Like those lizard people could be the ones telling us how to eat. And I I think that they are. I think, you know, again, going back, like, I have a theory that I think, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but like in the late 2000s, we started making this trend to cricket-based stuff. Yeah, I do remember the cricket-based thing. Yeah, people were saying they taste a lot like almonds. Yeah, people were eating cricket-based, like Cheetos, cricket-based flour, cricket-based protein powder. And I kind of... If I was to say, I would say that the lizard people started it. That someone was like, hey, what are you eating? And they forgot uh, that they were a lizard. And they were like, oh, I'm, I'm eating crickets. And the person looked at them weird. And then they were like, no, it's good. And then because they were a popular influencer and they're at, they didn't freak out when the person said, hey, you're eating crickets. I think that's why we all started eating crickets. Right. You, if um, if you don't act surprised or uh, taken aback, it, it comes across as kind of aloof and cool. And as we know, that's what that's what yeah. really sets the trends. Yeah. Um, and, and based on your you encounter, know, it sounds like the the lizard person you met was really cool. And so you don't want to look uncool. Ex- to something like that, so you would probably go along with exactly. It. Like I really do believe. Like I mean, lizards as a species are very cool, uh, literally yeah. and figuratively. Um, and I think that their demeanor is very cool as lizard people. So yeah, they do peer pressure you. Yeah. So. Looking at the the big picture, I, I know a lot of people um, are worried about uh-huh. war or um, conflict or violence with the lizard people, uh, going so far as worrying about the alpha dragon. Yeah. I've heard oh. that term uh, before: the alpha dragon or the you know leader of the lizard people. Um, but for, first of all, should do you think we should be worried about uh, a war? Or any sort of conflict with the lizard people? I mean, they, they sound so yeah. cool. And I haven't heard anything about aggression. What do you you think that's I going on? I do, Donald. I really do. Um, honestly, lizard people are very, very, very calm and cool. Um, I mean, they honestly are very simple. Uh, I mean, I think the only reason we would have to worry is if for some odd reason, we all turn into cockroaches, but we know that that's not going to happen. Probably not. Probably, Probably not, which would be good. Because um, I feel like then we would be featured in your cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, I have to say that cockroaches are great with um, a hint of lime and yeah. a little pinch of salt, just like the tiniest pinch of salt. And if you actually wash them in a um, in a like sugar bath before, brings out the texture a lot. Interesting. Oh, I'll have to. Is that is that in your in your new book or because I am not big on on the book, so I'm not sure if you mentioned that in one of your previous books. Um, but is, is that mentioned in your? Uh, um, it your is book mentioned in my new book, and then I kind of I kind of hinted uh, some cockroach play in my last uh, my last book, A Thousand and One uh, Out of This World Recipes. Yeah, yeah, which I love. I, I remember because you guys had the uh, cranberry lemon scones from it. Yeah, so we actually sent a few back and forth. We, you know, we had some uh, a bake off you know between the bunkers because it gets kind of boring down here without really anything to do but yeah we really enjoyed it and uh it, it's so interesting to see how your style of cooking has evolved from the first book to the second it's a much more like uh, survivalist kind of uh, cooking which you know I, f- I feel like is um a direct result of you technically still being an exile. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a, a lot of like finding what you like, working with what you have. Um, a lot of my influence too come came from studying at um, Georgia Tech and getting my zoology degree. 
I think I was deeply inspired. Um, I also was inspired, like, you know, it's like you look at so many beings and it's like, do we really need money? Do we need, you know, comfort? Like, what is the world, you know? And I do think, yeah, definitely being in exile, I've learned to create a new lifestyle for myself. Wow. And coming from someone who doesn't uh, read much, I have to say the pictures were very helpful and, and really great. Um, most cookbooks, you know, a lot of cookbooks kind of uh, miss that point or, you know, don't take advantage of, of, of good pictures. Oh, my gosh. Boy, I had so. so much fun on the photo shoot. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it shows. It shows. It, it definitely yeah. it shows. It was wild. And um, honestly, uh Fun story about the photo shoot. Uh, it was kind of difficult because I am in trouble with the local uh, authorities here. Um, sure, so we actually uh, pretended that um, we actually, you know, I actually had to use a pseudonym to get some to get someone to come take photos. And uh, it's it looks I think they did a great job. So thank you. Um, it really you know, what's funny, too, about taking pictures of food is that honestly, you have to stylize them. Right. So it's like instead of using actual rib cream, you're using shaving cream. And so it's kind of like, how can we make it look mm -hmm. more authentically pe pleasing? So we're like polishing, you know, tomatoes and we're adding, um, you know, we're adding uh, like. Like motor exactly. oil. Yeah. Like I know they put like heard, cardboard in between things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and also because these uh, these uh, ingredients don't stay stay fresh for very long, uh, you know they start to sag and wilt and and soften, and get mushy. Yeah, they use um, you know, yeah, and I think I mean I think that that's like isn't that a beautiful metaphor for the the lizard people right like they they look like us but they're not us they're glue we're milk you know yeah but i'll pose this question they might be helping us live our best lives because yeah i've done the same diet as the lizard person and i lost 20 pounds and i feel great so I think they might be here to help us. You know, they sound very attractive. They sound prominent. Mm -hmm. You know, they could be teaching us cool ways to dress, how to wear our hair. You know, I, uh, yeah. You know, look at magazines. It's like, chances are a lizard person designed that outfit. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they are very, um, they are very Zen. They're very Buddhist. I think there are what, we strive to be they're not us they're better than us and i mean it is interesting people say that there's a lot of fake people in la but the truth of the matter yes. is there la is mostly um 54 lizard people yeah because that was my next question it i was about sense. to ask you like really what is the percentage of human to uh, reptilian humanoid in Los Angeles. 54.2%. Wow. Mm -hmm. Not surprised. And some of them live beneath the grove. Mm. I don't know what that is, oh, but that it's, sounds very interesting. I think, because I was Googling the address, like, after uh, they sent me a thank you card, the parents did, and the Grove is apparently a um, giant, like, outdoor mall in Los Angeles. Interesting. It's a big mall. Okay. Um, so are there any other hot spots around the country or even the world that you, you're aware if of? If I wanted to meet one, um, I don't know, maybe hang out, maybe grab some drinks. You know, um, Hawaii is very where? big. Um, Hawaii is a hot spot. Um, so is, um, so is Toledo. Ohio. Yeah. Ohio or, uh, Toledo, uh, Ohio. Uh, Spain. And okay. then, yeah. um, 
actually in Spain, Madrid is a big one. And just because of the heat and also because of the culture, um, there's a lot of them down in the in um, the Venice canals. And I would say there's actually a good majority of them, um, though this is going to sound very random, uh, but there's actually a really uh, big majority on Jeju in Korea. Hmm. Uh, Jeju What's Island. Jeju? It's uh, oh. like on the uh, the like it's an island off the edge of Korea. Uh, Korea. Okay, so it's an island. So, so how have I was gonna say how do they get there? And because I, I, I keep forgetting, they just take planes and they fly and drive just like yeah. the, the rest of us. So, here's one question. Um, you know, uh, not necessarily a quiz, but. How um, how would we know if someone is a lizard person? What uh, what are some maybe some key indicators or some things to um, look for? One, uh, I would say how they respond to cold weather, coldness. Um, do they feel like they're falling in a deep depression? Uh, are they um, less active in cold weather? Um, in warm weather, are they constantly moving? Are they... Um, you know, I think another way you can tell if someone's a lizard person is, uh, again, if they don't seem to have, they don't get angry or sad um, very quickly. Um, yeah, I also think you can tell if they're a lizard person. Honestly, um, check their skin. Uh, I mean, the teen I had, again, it's hard to tell if it was just because he was a teenager or because he was a lizard person uh but i did notice that his hands uh his hands and arms had uh eczema uh of the scaly mm -hmm. skin so it looks like um the scales kind of can you know when they're trying to mask it look a bit more like eczema and not real um i mean it, it looks like real eczema but it doesn't you know, it's it's kind of unpredictable, a little spotty and and uh, patchy all over the place. Yeah, right. Real eczema on a real mm -hmm. kind of lizard skin, um, which is you know can can happen yeah. to anyone, I, I guess. Even lizard. Also, uh, lizard if uh, you have them say the word salsa, salsa, salsa. Um, they tend to their S's tend to be a little bit longer than normal. Oh, because of the fork Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Oh. It's like salsa. 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 Yeah. Salsa. Interesting. So it's it may be something that over time they've tried to get away from, but it, it slips yes. out. Like that's one good way for it to, it, to tell. If like it's exactly. It's like, a, it's like the Canadian like A or like about it just yeah. kind of slips right. a little bit. Yeah. Or mm -hmm, yeah. a denim tuxedo. Yeah. Interesting. Now, from what you've described, because, you know, going into this, we really had a level of, of caution because we didn't really know much. And when we don't know anything, we get kind of scared. So, you know, here I am thinking that we're about to encounter a world of, of these giant reptilian things that, you know, walk upright and are terrifying. But honestly, they're... They're like you and I, but possibly better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's one of the experiences I'm very grateful for in doing this show is that, you know, we learn a lot of the things about, you know, these, these real true things that uh, are actually happening. And then we aren't so scared anymore because we're educated. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. I think the more you learn, the more you learn. Uh yeah. And that's 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 honestly why I keep going to school. Um, you know, I, I am looking at uh, another online uh, another online on online school uh, to just keep learning, keep educating. I don't know what my next degree is going to be in, but you so yeah, many. but I just I love learning. And it's also like, um, you know, the you know if i keep getting loans uh they don't ask for them back um 
<laughs> yeah. You know, because they can't ask you while you're in school. So, oh, they can't you demand can't the money back. You can't back because you're just never not exactly. <laughs> Very good. That's I'll uh, I'll have to recommend that to some yeah. folks. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the benefits, uh, as you mentioned, benefits of the show. You know, Bigfoot was, uh, you know, big and scary, but uh, it really came to be about love. And, it, uh, you know, lizard people, uh, you know, could have been uh, war and turmoil, but it turns out it's about being cool and friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a, a big takeaway is that uh, we shouldn't just default to, to fear and anger and violence, but... Um, you know, maybe default to, uh, you know, cool love and, uh, you know, and exactly. fun. Exactly. I think that's a great lesson. And also maybe if you encounter some gold, like, I, yeah, well, what do you do if you encounter something like that? Because, you know, people keep talking about the, the riches and the gold and, and stuff like that. And, it, you know, I feel like if you make friends with someone who's wealthy, you, you don't want to be friends with them. You don't want them to think they're, you know, you're only friends with them so you can mm-hmm. mooch off of them. But, you know, because um, we always ask, like, what do you do if you encounter something like that? Like, do you, since you actually have encountered a lizard person, uh, would you change anything about the encounter? Is there anything that you would do differently? You know, if if a regular person um, happened upon a lizard person and we knew for sure that's what they were, what are your tips for having a good encounter? Uh, I think one, be open uh, be available. Um, I think, you know, another thing is, um, I think when you're encountering a lizard person to try to just stay out of their way. Like if they, if they, if they feel moved to move, let them move. Um, I just think that lizard people for good interaction with a lizard person, I think it's just about, like you said before, like they're very chill people. Um, I think it's just about being like, just about being you. Um, and, you know, uh, try not to, uh, try not to be, you know, again, judgmental. Uh, but I do feel, I do feel like if I wished I could have done anything, uh, differently with my interaction with a lizard person, Honestly, I wish I would have, um, I know it's not about money and introing it, but there is a certain amount that would make me happy. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I do Mm. wish it probably wasn't a teenager, but a grown lizard man that had walked into my life. Sure. You know? No, I have had you. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So it's, yeah, I think we're metaphorically all waiting for that grown lizard man to walk into our lives. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I have, you know, the thought did occur to me, like, hey, if I met one and he was like, Lauren, go away with me, um, I might actually go away, uh, primarily just because, honestly, Egypt, I, I live in exile. I'm kind of alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been eating a lot of bugs, um, yeah. so my life wouldn't change that much. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. You're only human. Oh. oh. Well, I'll keep uh, my fingers Thank crossed you. for you. <laughs> so, um, yeah on on that uh, on that beautiful note, uh, maybe we should uh, we'll take one final yeah. break. Uh, wrap things up and go to our uh, mailbag. Yes, we will wrap up with Dr. Lauren J and be right back. We're back again with Dr. Lauren J. Uh, we're going to go into our final thoughts with her today about lizard people. Like most episodes of Real True Facts, we have come into the show thinking one way, we exit leaving a you know, thinking a different way and being changed by the the lesson and ultimately becoming better people. You know, I, coming into it, I thought I was going to just be really defensive about the whole thing. But based on her encounters and knowledge of lizard people, I feel like uh, we've really 
learned a lot about a species that maybe was just sort of shrouded in secrecy. So, uh, Dr. Lauren, I'll, I'll pose this question to you. Uh, is there anything that you would uh, leave our listeners with that you want them to know? Um, I would like them to know that uh, be be loving, be kind, be gentle. Um, also, uh, also just know that next time you see someone and you think, hey, are they really, they're cool, they're so cool. I want you to think, are they cool because they're cool or are they cool because they're cool-blooded and um, they're actually a lizard? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, I think here we have some really... Uh, beautiful instances of uh, evolution and maybe even divine beings that have been here since the aliens you know dropped off and, and built the pyramids so it's just a, it's a really cool opportunity to be able to learn about an ancient culture such as this one so um, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and teaching us a little bit more and also keeping us um, informed on what's going on in your life because you're a really awesome person we're so happy to have you back again today and uh, it really it really well was thank a you guys for having me amy and donald i always love talking to you guys about true real facts because again the people need to know i feel like not a not not a lot of people are talking about it and i do think if yeah i i just i have to give my hat out to you uh because every episode you guys crush it and you guys tell the, the tell America the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for being on. And be sure to let us know when that. Uh, I will. I will. Yeah. Thank you guys again. I thank you, Dr. Lauren. You. We'll talk to you next time. So uh, after that insightful okay. session, um, yeah, I'm really excited to to go into our mailbag here and see if uh, maybe some folks have benefited from our uh, our past episodes. Here. Yeah, yeah, we've got a couple uh, questions here. I do want to say that we do have listeners from all over the world, uh, not just the United States. So thank you to all those listeners that uh, tune in from uh, all over the world. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, we have a couple questions today. Uh, we've got a question uh, from Shane from Mars, Pennsylvania. Uh, not the planet, but the city in Pennsylvania. He asks, are spirit boxes real? Are spirit boxes yeah. real? They are, in fact, they're real they objects. Um, but as far as them uh, functioning, uh, I think we'll have to delve deeper, maybe put uh, Dr. Seymour or even uh, uh, Dr. Lauren Jay on that and see what they can Yeah, yeah, hopefully uh, Dr. Lauren, maybe she can come back and, and do some more uh, contributing science uh, stuff for us. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, a spirit box is a tool that is used to communicate with paranormal uh, beings. So they, they use radio frequencies um, and they come through on the white noise. And so uh, people are asking, are spirit boxes real? Uh, yes. I mean, they are real. They are a real tool that um, that ghost hunters use. And, and you can you can hear sounds coming from the great beyond. Uh, you know, maybe we can get into that a little bit more as, you know, maybe the technology, how things like that work. Yeah, I, I think they're um, they do exist. And uh, as with anything, you know, it, it depends on how you use yeah. the tool. Yeah, so they, they do, they work, they are real. A uh, second question comes from uh, just some initials. KTM uh, asks, what government weather technology is used to trick the gopher on Groundhog's Day? Wow. What, I mean, what government technology yeah. isn't used? Um, you know, that's just one more way. Uh, sure, they can control the weather to control our moods, our spending habits, our health, our, you know, and everything like that. But more importantly, they can control us by how we view uh, the, the groundhog or yeah. gopher, or I'm not exactly sure what yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I believe his name is uh, Punxa Tony Phil. He's a, a, a groundhog. Uh, it is used to indicate whether or not we get 
six more weeks of winter, the groundhog comes out, sees a shadow. Um, sometimes he sees a shadow, sometimes he doesn't. And yet we still get six more weeks of winter. Um, so we just want to know what technology is being used to manipulate us. Um, I think that's an excellent question. You know, we have chemtrails, we have those things. So, you know, how is the weather lying to us? Is the weather lying to us? Right. And is it being controlled and by whom and how? Yeah. What do, what do groundhogs have to do with it? So we don't sure, know. I mean, sure. we can get in, we can get into that too. Uh, that's really good. So uh, those were our questions for today. So thank you listeners for writing in uh, Shane from Mars, uh, Pennsylvania and uh, KTM, wherever you are. Thank you. Um, you are always welcome to write to us at realtruefactsmail at gmail.com you can send us any of your questions or comments to that address and we'll gladly uh, answer them to the best of our abilities on the show if we like it if we don't know the answer maybe we'll do a show on it you might get featured that way uh, so you can always email us uh, you're also able to follow us on instagram that is at realtruefactsgram uh, we post a lot of content there about uh, our new shows that come out and you can always send us a message that way too yes please check us out on uh, everywhere that a great podcast can be found Spotify, iTunes, leave us a review we are on all of the uh, platforms that you can listen to podcasts uh, Apple, Spotify um, YouTube throw a rock you'll you'll hit us out there so um i guess next week what do you we've got a couple topics here what do you want to tackle next week um i think we should just leave it a surprise this week mystery topic so um yeah make sure you tune in next week we will uh get our mystery topic uh for the new show thank you again listeners for tuning in today we're gonna say uh thank you to dr seymour who hopefully is okay in his lab he's cloning bees right now hopefully he's doing all right and uh thank you again to dr lauren j uh from cairo Uh, hopefully she's doing all right there but uh thank you for tuning in we will see you next week and dear listeners keep questioning your world because just because you hear about it or read about it doesn't mean it's true we will see you again next week